This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 23rd week of Ordinary Time. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth and to encourage us to live and to share the gospel in our lives. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you, Bill. I hope everybody had a good weekend, a nice long weekend. You know, I think we did, and uh, you got the chance to experience uh, tornado season here in central <laughs> Ohio. I did. Thank God it wasn't um, a severe tornado, but the, I, I, it was the first time I actually heard the uh, alarms go off as alarms. I hear the test, um, but, uh, but uh, fortunately nothing terribly devastating in terms of tornadoes but boy I, that was some lightning storm i saw down here later on in the in the in the evening you know speaking of storms ezekiel uh, the reading for uh, sunday ezekiel was dealing with a lot of storms in the babylonian captivity and you spoke to that during your homily on sunday that's right yesterday uh, the first reading was from the book of uh, the prophet ezekiel and he speaks of how the Lord calls him to be a watchman. To the, the watchman would stand on the tower and look out to see all the dangers that were on the horizon that could possibly hurt the city. And, uh, you know, it might be invading armies. It might be weather, um, storms. It might be fire. It could be all kinds of things. But the watchman has to be attentive and has to be ready to react, ready to get the word out. And so Ezekiel is sort of set apart as a spiritual watchman. And um, to people who are in a, living in a time of terrible suffering, the Babylonian captivity, um, to show them where things had gone wrong, how they pushed God out of their lives, to be attentive to where God was actually with them at the time to help them through this crisis, but also to be a watchman to look out ahead to see how do we live our lives in such a way that we don't, you know, we, that by being faithful to God, we, um, we may do better in the future. We won't fall into the same mistakes of pushing God out of our lives. So, so Ezekiel was the watchman for the house of Israel. Um, and, uh, and that speaks to our call as well, right? To, to, Beyond, just read Vatican II, the Gaudium et Spes, the, um, the pastoral constitution on the church. What's the role of the church and what's the role of every Christian in the church? But really to read and interpret the signs of the times with the light of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people, we want to twist that around and say, you know, um, interpret the faith according to the signs of the times. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's a very popular approach. It's a, I guess it's a human tendency. But what we are called to do is to look out at the world, but to interpret with the eyes of faith, with the light of faith. What is God teaching us in this moment? And what is our, our, what is our faith inform us in terms of our decisions, in terms of our, our political um, affiliations? And and how will we voices within our own political affiliations, mm. you know, rather than saying the political affiliation has to inform the faith. No, 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 no. How does my faith form my own political affiliation? How can I bring the light of faith more and more to the signs of the times? So Ezekiel challenges us all um, in, in, in that. 
And you also spoke a little bit about how to bring that gospel into our homes and into our workplaces. Yes. Well, you know, the the the, God, the reading from Ezekiel was given to us by the Church to pair up, you might say, with the gospel that was proclaimed yesterday. Jesus talking about how we, you know, what the concept is fraternal correction. You know, when someone sins against you, not just when someone offends you, but when someone sins against you, how do you how do you deal with it? And um, you know, Jesus talks ab- about dealing with those things, and that can be very painful. It can be painful in our families. How do we bring the light of the gospel into our own families? How do we help and encourage one another? But especially when there's difficulty, and sometimes families have to make tough choices. Sometimes, you know, especially when there's um, Violence in the family, that can never be tolerated when there's drinking within the family or the use of drugs. Um, you, you know, there's the, the 12 Steps talk about, um, the 12 Steps programs talk about, you know, one-on-one, trying to, that, that intervention, bring, bring it to the individual. Well, that's what Jesus is saying, bring it to the individual. There may be other people to come along with them and, and try to encourage, try to make a difference. Um, families sometimes have to face some really, really tough um, decisions and tough conversations, but we always try to do that with a sense of uh, charity, with Christian charity. Um, and sometimes then Jesus says, you even have to cut off. You say, I can't, I can't be an enabler. I can't enable this kind of behavior. Um, you try and you try and you try, and it comes a point where you have to say, I'm, not, I'm actually doing more harm than good by enabling this. And so Jesus says in that case, treat that person like a tax collector or a pagan. Well, how did Jesus treat the tax collectors and the pagans? <laughs> <laughs> Very <Right>? well. <laughs> he treated them with love. You know, Jesus didn't go around trying to bend the gospel to meet people's expectations. I always notice, you know, he did, he didn't chase after the rich young man. He didn't chase after the crowd that went that couldn't abide by the teaching on the Eucharist. The truth was the truth. But when he um, spoke to the rich young man, he looked at him with love. You know, and um, and so the thing is, sometimes there needs to be a little bit of a separation. Um, tough love, we call it, right? Mm-hmm. And that can be incredibly painful for families. I'm, I'm so sorry if you're going through that. I really am. I'm so sorry that if you're facing that in your family. But we we do so with that charity and hope. We we commend then those people to the hands of God. We 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 pray. You know that Jesus finishes that section in the gospel about fraternal correction by talking about prayer. And by praying together, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I am praying with you. I am listening to you. I am walking with you. So um, when all else seems to have failed, what does Jesus ask us to do but in that sense of charity and love? Maybe to be tough, but then also to pray, to bring it to Jesus and to entrust that person to Jesus. And hopefully we'll be able to see the conversion, the change, but if not, we still hope that somewhere along the line there would be that kind of a change or a conversion. That's beautiful. Uh, tomorrow, um, the U.S. Bishop's Chairman uh, Against Racism urged us to set aside the day for prayer. 
or to well, to the yeah. End tomorrow of is system. Feast of Saint Peter Claver, and um, it's not just in this season that we've been going through where there's a greater awareness of um, the wounds of racism, but actually annually on this Feast of Peter Claver, we, uh, we we're called upon to pray for an end to racism and discrimination and hatred in every form. Saint Peter Claver was a, a, a missionary, you might say, to the slaves. As people were brought over in slavery, seeing the horrible conditions, Peter responded. St. Peter Claver responded with, with that love and, and charity of Jesus Christ. You know, he couldn't himself change the situation, but he, he, I'm sure he would have loved to. But what he could do is one by one extend the love of Jesus Christ. And maybe that's what we can do, too, find singular ways of extending the love, practical love of Jesus Christ to one another and um, and find practical ways to to break down those divisions, especially of racism. So yet tomorrow is a day of prayer, particularly um, for racism. Um, like a, not Again, not because it's a political issue, but because it's who we are uh, as Catholic Christians, recognizing the inherent dignity of every human person created in the likeness of God, in the image and likeness of God. So tomorrow is a good opportunity. You see that the, the calendar of the church gives us all these opportunities to respond to the call of the gospel. Now, you know, uh, Bill, I'm actually looking to call for a day here in our diocese of prayer and maybe a day of prayer and penance on the Feast of Our Lady of Mercy. Now, Our Lady of Mercy is not one of those big calendar days. <laughs> it doesn't even appear on the calendar, but it's September 24th. Um, and I've come to know a little more about the Feast of Our Lady of Mercy because in the last parish where I served, um, the Sisters of Mercy um, were there, and they, um, they, and they, and they remember Catherine um, McCauley, who founded the Sisters of Mercy and her connection with the Feast of Our Lady of Mercy. So Our Lady of Mercy, September 24th, is a good day for us as a diocese to dedicate as a day of prayer to bring all of the, our concerns and ills and wounds in society with Mary to the heart of Jesus Christ. The image of Our Lady of Mercy, it, the feast day used to be called Our Lady of Ransom. Um, it was a feast of the Mercedarian Fathers whose charism at the time was to ransom to free slaves. Um, the, 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 the feast of Our Lady of Mercy, when you see the image of Our Lady of Mercy, she has people from all over the world under her mantle. She gathers all of us together and brings us to Jesus Christ. She shows us the path to God's mercy. She shows us our need for mercy. But she also teaches us that we need to be instruments of that mercy to one another. So looking ahead a little bit, September 24th, I'll be writing a little more about that, and, um, and we'll have some more information, but we'll try to make that a special day for all of us here in the diocese, um, um, a day to be, you know, today, I'm announcing today on the Feast of uh, the Nativity of Mary, the birth of Mary. Today is one of the big calendar days mm-hmm. in honor of Mary. So, um, so we, on this day that we celebrate her birth, I'm, ask, I'm looking ahead to us uh, honoring her as the Mother of Mercy and, um, and using that as a day, asking God to heal all the ills of our society, certainly racism, hatred, division, and violence, all those things that we see. But also, you know, we'll be days away from the month of October, Respect Life Month, commending to God 
our sorrow, our penance as a nation for the sins against life, the sins of abortion, of euthanasia, uh, of, of the death penalty, bringing to God um, all of our sorrow for um, <clears throat> the disrespect of the family and and of marriage as a gift, you know, married one man, one woman, committed lifelong, life-giving relationship um, commitment, um, the sins of, uh, of everyday hatred, violence, and that, that bring about suffering on so many people. So, um, so we look ahead to that day as an opportunity for us to encounter God's mercy through the heart of Mary and also to bring God's mercy with Mary to the world. Bishop Brennan, what a great call for all of us. Uh, we tend to feel like we can't do anything with uh, the tsunami, it seems, of things happening in our culture. But you're calling us to uh, a day of prayer and penance on September 24th on the Feast of Our Lady of Mercy. Bishop Brennan, yes. could you close us with your prayer and blessing? Sure. And as we do that, you know, let's take a particular, let's take a moment also to think about those who are suffering, suffering because of some of those, those terrible wounds, but also we keep in mind people who are suffering, um, tremendously, um, because of the effects of Hurricane Laura and other storms that have come our way and, uh, the wildfires and the heat in California. For all those who are trying to save lives or rebuild lives, for those who are in danger's way, um, and um, and for those who watch over and protect us, um, we bring them all to prayer. We pray on this feast um, of Mary, in, in asking her to join us in prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Loving Mother of the Redeemer, Gate of Heaven, Star of the Sea, assist your people who have fallen, yet strives to rise again. To the wonderment of nature you bore your Creator, yet remained a virgin after as before. You, who received Gabriel's joyful greeting, have pity on us, poor sinners. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the 23rd week of Ordinary Time, and now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.